0: Hello, oh, everyone, and welcome to the Hellboy Book Club. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with Aubrey Lovelace, and I'm Witchfinder. Oh, Witchfinder! Witchfinder! <laughs>
1: Witchfinder! No, I'm, I'm Danielle. <laughs>
0: hey, everybody! It's an all Hellboy podcast. We're reading all the Hellboy comics. We're reading all
1: the Hellboy comics,
0: and every week is that we... what we've been doing, <laughs> huh? And every week we interact with our
1: awesome listeners. Here's Danielle to tell
0: you all about it.
1: No, here's Wes Matice. He's
2: going to tell you. Hi, I'm Wes Matisse, and welcome to the Hellboy Book Club. This is a book club where we read books about Hellboy and the world that he lives in. Mostly comic books, but sometimes regular books. Then, listeners like me tune in and listen to the phone radio, where John, Danielle, Aubrey, and sometimes guest hosts discuss the reading. We listen to that. Speaking of guests, do you know the Muffin Man? Because he's doing a buff raffle, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, John will fill you in more, but you need to get on it. Then, some people write in with a, Hey, Damn Guys, which is an email or social media comment. Then next episode, the book club will discuss that feedback from listeners. That makes them book club members and friends. And how do you become a book club member, you ask? You read the books. We have book club members that don't even know that they're in the book club just because they've read the books. And that's how you do it. Friendship and reading and Hellboy and BPRD and Howard's and all the cool things that come along with this book club. See you later. Ah, thank you so much, Wes. That was amazing.
0: Thanks, Wes.
1: Sorry, we've been mispronouncing your name several different ways for several years.
0: Uh, that's part of being a book club member. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. That was great. And please send yeah, us in great. those intros. That's we love great. hearing from you guys. And I especially
1: I just... love when you do it instead. <laughs> you do that part.
0: Yeah, thanks, Wes. That was great. Yeah, that was great. And we got to talk about... Craig McKnight, he has yet another holiday raffle going on right now at Mike Mignola's Art on Facebook. We had a pretty important reveal. Yeah, the Muffin Man. (laughs) We know him. We know who he is. So does Wes. We had a pretty important reveal this week. Did you see this? Oh shit! Fuck, man. Yeah. So not believe it. Not only did Mike and Christine Mignola donate a huge pile of prizes, including rare statues and all this kind of stuff, signed books, so much stuff. But also now there is a Mignola sketch of Mm -hmm. Hellboy, original. Did you get a look at this thing? I sure did. Wow. thats yeah. it's, it, it's amazing. It's quite a
1: piece. That's quite a piece. It,
0: it really is. To think that $5 for a raffle ticket, you know what I mean? <laughs> you could possibly own this. Yeah. Mignola art. Uh, it's a full standing Hellboy yeah. with all the arrows it's, and everything and all the... God, it's so it's incredible. It's quite a sketch. It's got the yeah. little crown on top.
1: So very generous donation. Yeah, it's amazing. Mike Mignola.
0: Since uh, our last episode, Craig Rousseau has also been announced. He did a Young Hellboy commission. He's doing the Young Hellboy comic that was recently announced. So that's really cool. Uh, That's another amazing original piece of art that you could get by participating in the raffle. So go check it out. It's going on until December 31st at midnight.
1: This is something, too, that Mike Mignola um, has been doing these sketches for months now and just cranking these amazing sketches out they're all really cool and he's been posting them online he's putting them up for auction and donating absolutely all of the proceeds from all those sketches that those sketches are earning for uh as donations to uh the world kitchen yeah it's a food kitchen and um obviously something very close to his heart very incredible but like these auctions are commanding thousands and thousands of dollars oh yeah i mean yeah. If, you know if he were so inclined he could just sell all these sketches and keep all the money and it's a lot of money and so he's just you know what i can do some good in the world people love his art people yeah. are uh they're gonna pay money for it and especially if it's going to a good cause i think that's just amazing that he would spend his time and his energy on stuff that he is doing just for a good cause right like yeah. you know this is
0: a lot of work. He's spending all the time—it's a lot of work.
1: It's a lot of work, and it's yeah. especially for an artist like him. I'm continuously impressed by that. But you know, it's so cool that he would just be like, "Yeah, Craig, here's a, sure,
0: here's yeah, a ske-
1: here's, a, here's a sketch for the buff raffle," and you you get a look at it, and it's just an incredible. incredible. Yeah, yeah. So
0: amazing. That's, and remember, all the donations from the raffle will benefit the V Foundation for Cancer Research, Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation, Sarah's Fight for Hope for Pediatric Cancer. And the COPD Foundation. These are all worthy causes, some amazing prizes. All these amazing artists have contributed their labor for free, you know, and there are even more announcements coming. You know, Craig is telling me about this and there are more artists that are jumping on board so this is really incredible it's a chance for the community to come together and do mm-hmm. something really special so and they're all
1: doing that just out of the kindness of their hearts you know yeah. they're not i always think that's very special it's right. astounding really
0: all the tickets are $5 each and they're unlimited you can check them out by going to Mike Manullo's art the group on facebook you can check out the show notes i always put the link in the show notes it's also on our linktree i upgraded all of our linktree links to include all of our resources, so you can check that out on our Instagram and Twitter page. All right, so now we're going to go on to our listener feedback.
2: You read a story, we talk about it. You hate damn guys us,
1: and it's a book club get-out. We had it. a "Hey You
0: Damn Get Guys" out. from Brendan Carter.
1: Hey, Bernie Carter,
0: book club member. He said, I just caught up with the podcast and wanted to write in and say a few things. First off, thanks as always for putting out such an entertaining and informative show is and smacking you with joy every morning. week. You three <laughs> really you. kick fucking ass. Okay. That's what he says. All right, sure. Aw, thank you.
1: If you say so.
0: Secondly, I'm sure I'm not the only listener who has been waiting for the moment when Danielle and Aubrey finish Devil You Know Messiah number five.
1: Were you waiting for that?
0: And your reactions did not disappoint. <laughs> I remember getting to that panel, jumping off the couch, and possibly screaming and scaring my dog. No. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on all the huge moments to come. Lastly, I love the Hellboy Book Club casting corner. Okay. I have to nice. throw in my choice for O'Donnell, Brad Dourif. Okay. Uh, he you could know, capture I, that character perfectly. You know me, I don't know. People was, or names uh,
1: or faces, so i got to Google this. One he time, was Tongue. Oh. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Who else did he play? Yeah, he Aubrey. Would be great. He's, oh, that's he's done great. some really great roles. That's
3: a
1: good one. Every, a good one. like every
0: time
3: he's like every time I see him I'm like, Hey, that's Wormtongue. Yeah. So but I say that what? so much I can't even remember what movies he's in.
1: <laughs> no, that's that's a good casting. He's a, a really good one that. Too, He's yeah. a great actor. That would be good. That's good. I like that.
3: Oh, I think he also popped up in a Star Trek episode recently. Oh, you know who else would be good? <laughs> oh, when good? I say recently, I mean in the 90s. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know who else would be good is the guy. He played Eric Selvig in the... Uh,
0: oh, okay. I,
3: he's oh, in so yeah. much
1: stuff, though. He's in a lot of stuff. Uh, I don't mean Stalin to just like... Sell Skarsgård? Yes, Sell yeah. Skarsgård. I love it. He's, he's, he's in not- so much stuff. He's not just that character. <laughs> right. Like, obviously, he's a lot of stuff. That was just like... I that's the, I figure sure. if I said that Logical you, would know, leap, yes. you would know who I was talking about. I feel like he'd be a good O'Donnell. He kind of did that a little bit. Yeah. I don't want to typecast him, though, as the goofy professor who is a little bit off-kilter. But yeah. No, that's a good one. I good. like it. Yeah, those are
0: good. Thanks again for all you damn guys do. I attached a thing I drew after being inspired by the book club. Hope you dig it. And I'll okay. post this on our social media. It's like, it says friendship, but Aww. it's in the Hellboy logo font. Aww.
2: Cute. Oh, awesome. really cool. Yeah, I'll
0: That's check that. Sweet. I'll post it on our social media. Thank you so much, That's Brendan. So I appreciate that. We
1: love that. That's great.
0: We also had a hey you damn guys from West Matisse. Hey,
1: it's West Matisse.
0: Book club member.
1: Book club member whose name we've been mispronouncing. <laughs> we won't do it anymore. We promise.
0: Things are getting real here in the book club. <laughs> Devil You Know is a time in the series when so many answers have been given and more questions presented and it's so good. When I was reading this, the book club was so early in the series and I can't believe we are already here. I needed a discussion about these books so bad at the time and I am so excited to hear what everyone has to say. Seeing Hellboy in the grave at the end of Messiah was crazy, especially since Hellboy was in England last we saw him and England disappeared so Who brought him there? Then what really threw me for a loop was when we opened Pandemonium with Ed Gray and Roger. I was so confused. Like, why are they showing us this? Then Hellboy staring at his reflections and Roger's porthole in his chest really made me struggle with the meaning of what was going on for what felt like forever. Is Hellboy there? Is this a shadow of himself? Like, Danielle, can I trust this?
1: Right, like you're losing your grip on reality (laughs) within this story. You're like, wait a minute.
0: Ross put it so perfectly with Roger as being the vessel for Hellboy to come back. At this point, we have seen so much to have this make sense. We have seen demons come into earthly bodies from hell or the ethereal world and then enter the physical world, like when Vivara cuts the demon out of that dude in New York. I love even more the fact Ed Gray is there in the background. Yeah. doesn't matter if he's in hell doing his thing to try and save humanity. I think Ed knew exactly what he was doing, and it blew my mind when I connected the dots. Lastly, the scene with Ashley Strode trying to exorcise the demon from the guy in the hospital. Is was such a cool scene. We are really seeing all these worlds come together. For a while, it felt to me like worlds Hellboy and the BPRD were starting to move away from each other, and it almost felt like different genres. Yeah.
1: Worlds are colliding! Now with New York basically becoming... <laughs> Which, in becoming... a way, it was, was good, though. Yeah. But that was kind of cool to yeah. have a different yeah. little feel to it. But anyway, sorry I meant to... No,
0: he said, now with New York basically becoming the new Pandemonium, yeah. Monsters from Outer Space, there's a sci-fi, horror, and adventure all living... Living in one world seamlessly, yeah. and it's such good world building. Anyways, I'm super thankful for you guys in the book club with where we are in the series, the state of actual our world today, and today being Thanksgiving, I had to write you guys and say thank you, Aww. thank you for all the members, everyone involved, including the readers. I don't even know they are in the club. Yeah. Talk to Aww. you soon, Wes.
1: That's true.
0: Yeah, that was great. You know, and thank I you.
1: that was a good little wrap up there. I really like that. that yeah. is, um, that's good. I like you said everything's coming together nicely. You mentioned there's a lot happening. There is a lot. There's a lot happening. And it's kind of frustrating uh, for me. Well, at first it was frustrating until I stopped and realized. uh, Because, okay, so John... It has done a thing where he's like, don't read ahead. Yeah. And I am respecting this. I would like to just read all of it in one go, but I'm not. I'm reading just whatever we're doing for the thing that week. <laughs> and so uh, I I stopped myself, though, because I was like, oh, so fresh. There's just so much going on. I just want to, you know, yeah. read this. And then I stopped and I go, how long did people have to actually wait when these books were coming out? Probably a while. Yeah, So... I, you know, I feel like I can, I can be a little picky Cause this is still not like one week is still not like oh, they yeah. weren't coming out every week.
0: Well now. Yeah. I it mean, was like once a month, that's every two issues. Two months or so that's like two that? months worth that you okay, read
1: right there. Right. And so, and even in between the, the, yes. the storylines, it was, was like five six months, months between or the yeah. first part and the second part. So yeah. it's, I don't actually have it that bad, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there is a lot happening. And so I'm just like, I find yes. myself wanting to be like, just fucking tell me what's going on already. Yeah, There's just, just too, too much. So, but it's good. It's it's good stuff.
3: Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean, Daniel. I, like, like, especially when we got to the end of today's story, I was just like, <laughs> I cannot fucking believe Ugh. I have to stop right here. I know, maybe oh. so. I can't imagine
1: but, how everyone was feeling when the, these were coming. Yeah, out. <laughs> yeah. When these but, were live,
3: but I, but I have come to appreciate this because, like, I usually read the story like either today, before or the day of, so everybody's getting my.
1: Fresh oh, these are fresh takes, story, yeah. yeah. I just you know? read it so, like five minutes ago.
0: Yeah, you so, know, literally reads it right before she comes on. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I'm with you. No, it's good. I think it's a good way to go into. Yeah, it. that's fun.
0: And it helps. And it helps like keeps it sinking in. And so yeah, I
1: don't yeah, forget the story or anything.
0: We had a "Hey You Damn Guys" from Andrew Adair. Andrew
1: Adair, book club member.
0: He said, "Hey, you damn guys! Just finished reading the Unland podcast. I'm way behind, and I keep thinking about the whole Witchfinder Whisper thing you guys do." I love that little gag. I keep seeing in my, my headcanon when I think of these stories. See if it gives you a chuckle. Hope you don't mind. I use your voices. So he wrote a little theme for the Witchfinder, you know, potential Witchfinder show. I really loved that. And so I'll put a little snippet of that in here. Witchfinder. 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 Oh, man, I love that. That was so good.
3: That's
1: super funny. That's cute. <laughs> he put a
0: little, he put one of your quotes at the end. You had some great quotes on that <laughs> Unland episode, but. Um, I liked when you said when the little girl was like, I wanna see the bones. But he he put a different one. Do you remember what it was, Aubrey? No, I don't remember what it was. Oh, I cannot remember right
3: now.
1: It was I was doing the weird uh yeah, see? Yeah,
0: something like that. It was really good. I'll put that in here.
1: That's not my particular Hinkle pink.
0: But um yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Andrew, for that piece of music. That was so cool. That was
1: super cute. That was adorable. Thank you. He
0: also (laughs) contributed to Casting Corner. He said, I like Jerome Flynn. That's the guy who played Bronn in Game of Thrones as Sir Edward. He hung out
3: with Tyrion, then he ended up with Jamie. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
3: he's a good actor. That guy.
1: He's kind of funny, too. As Sir Edward. Huh. Okay. He dyes
3: hair black. Yeah. Okay. I can see it.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool.
0: He said, love you guys and can't wait till there's another Witchfinder episode. Keep up the great work. Yeah, we'll be doing some Witchfinder again next year. Yeah,
1: remixed. I can't believe he remixed us yeah. <laughs> into the Witchfinder song. That's yeah, that was, super yeah. cute.
0: I love it. Thanks, Thank man. you so that much. That's great. Next time we have a witch finder episode, that I'll be sure to use that.
1: A little treat. Thank you for that.
0: Jerry Turnbull said. Jerry Turnbull, the club member. That's right. We were talking about the collaboration between Max and Sebastian Fumara. All oh, right. The layout is by Max. Pencils and inks by Sebastian. Cool. That's the collaboration. They work well together. That's good. And he talked about. Um, I don't know if you remember the issue one cover for Pandemonium. It had Liz. Hellboy, Abe, and Howard's all on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. And Liz is kind of in the corner. She's meant to be like she's taking a selfie. <laughs> okay. We didn't talk about that. That's a really cute detail. Yeah. And she's like getting everybody in the shot.
3: Uh, I saw Jerry's comment. I went back and looked at it. I was like, oh
1: shit, it is. Yeah. yeah I yes. noticed that. That's neat.
0: Mark Tweedle said... Mark Tweedle. Book Club co-host. That's right. <laughs> he said, Okay, so back in BPRD, King of Fear, Liz had a vision of the future, and Hellboy was there. At the time, readers got really excited about this because it meant Hellboy was coming back. But then, in Hellboy, Storm and the Fury, he died. On the Hellboy CBR forums, there was a lot of discussion about this at the time. I remember a popular theory. Someone pointed out that Johan was not in the vision of the future, so perhaps Hellboy was using y- Johan's ectoplasm. That was the theory, is that maybe that's how he comes back. Uh, But there was one person, uh, and I wish I could remember who it was, and I wish the CBR forums hadn't been erased later, because I want to go back and read this exact comment. But this one person said that if Hellboy came back, he'd need a stronger vessel, that Hellboy was manifesting by using Roger's body. So sometime around late 2011, at least one Hellboy fan had figured this out. Oh, shit. Wow, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Just out of curiosity, would these CBR forms be stored on the internet archives?
0: I don't know. I, I I know that they were all erased and started over, and people were well, really pissed about it. Yeah. He also said, I just want to point out that Liz no longer aging is a clue as to what she is. They've pointed this out a few times now because they want us to pay attention to this detail. And we talked about the language that Howard's and Maggie speak. I was calling it the Hyperborean language right. or the frog language. He said it's called Teshethuan. Okay. So there you go. That's what the language is called. We finally figured it out.
1: All right. Well, we didn't figure it out. Oh,
0: yeah. Mark finally told us what it was. Yeah. He probably told it to us already and we We forgot, but this time we're going to remember. No.
2: Mark's going to have to remind us again.
0: I think he did tell us that. We also heard from Hayden Orr. Hayden Orr, book club member. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> Hayden, he left me this super long comment. I actually had to edit down this comment, <laughs> so I'm not going to read the whole thing. Sure, sure. Um, but oh, it's uh, the, it, it's there on the on the Facebook page. Yeah, you can go
1: check it out. We we love
0: I, it. I did read the comment, and the
3: best part was the end. He's like, "Sorry, you have to read all this." Yeah. <laughs> Aw. <laughs>
0: But he loved the episode with Ross, and he wanted to gush about Mignola for a second. He talked about how awesome Mignola is.
1: Always room to do that.
0: Especially when he's partnered with Dave Stewart. Yeah. The main thing I want to talk about in regards to Mignola's art is specifically the overwhelming sense of bittersweet, melancholic emotion present in so much of his art Mm, and characters. Yeah. Even without any dialogue, Mignola manages to bring across exactly the kind of feelings and emotions his characters are experiencing through body, language, and shadows almost exclusively as he's not an artist to typically put a lot of detail on facial emotiveness. Even when he does, it's always very simple, but very effective. His art on moments like this, with Roger and Hellboy meeting again, nearly his whole run on Hellboy and Hell, and especially his work on The Magician and the Snake, Mignola's eclectic sense of humor is often talked about, but I think... He equally uses that inkwell of sadness as often in his work. Even when working with other artists, he manages to convey those feelings, particularly through creators like Stenbeck and Davis and Arcudi, but especially Duncan Figueredo. I don't know if it's the specific instructions from Mignola, or if he manages to find artists and writers who understand that uniquely Mignola kind of sadness and bittersweet melancholy, but it's a through-line throughout all the series of the Hellboy universe. Uh, He talks about Arcudi riding Damio, trying to kill himself before he fights the Wendigo. But the specific examples of Fregredo being perfectly in tune with Mignola's sadness, sensibilities, at least for me, are seen in the Midnight Circus and the three arcs he did with Mignola for Hellboy, with special mention going to the scene where Hellboy and Alice visit the pub and Hellboy has a flashback to a conversation with Trevor Broom about how he's special but not like Superman, but also not like Frankenstein, and how he had such high hopes for his child only to grow into a beaten down, rough man, weary with years of physical and emotional trauma that come with his line of work all punctuated perfectly by the last panel of Hellboy, face in his hand, and an untouched cup of tea in front of him. Powerful stuff. But so many of Mignola's beloved characters are touched by and deal with such immeasurable grief and sadness that it's almost impossible to ignore melancholy and sadness as a major theme in his works.
1: Excellent uh, book club
0: Yeah. Um, discussion yeah.
1: there. Good stuff. That's 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 fantastic. He is really effective at communicating this stuff and emoting with absolutely every inch of the page for sure I agree with that obviously we've gotten to see him hone that over the years and like Hayden or mentioned the brevity of it just kind of adds more to it because you um, I think somebody else said this Ross was mentioning that you kind of fill that in with your own yeah but he sets sets the tone and you know you kind of take it from there and so I agree I mean when Mignola and um, Stewart get together it's it's minimalist but it's it's slightly abstract but it's kind of I think a lot of that has to do with the composition something about Uh the way things are arranged will make you feel a thing
2: and that's
1: excellent book club discussion thank you for that that's good
0: he also talked about you know that this comes from Mignola's love of sad monsters the Bride of Frankenstein, Boris Karloff, and James Whale managed to bring such a humanity and sadness to what could have been just another old monster movie that people nowadays wouldn't remember. That's one of Mignolo's favorite movies.
1: Yeah, a lot of catharsis going on in those movies.
0: When I think of Mike Mignolo's work, among the many things that come to mind, sadness is definitely one of the big ones, but in a good way, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. Well, even yeah. the, even the, his favorite yeah. Dracula movie. Absolutely, his like hands down, his most favorite Dracula. Like, he'll... Post like I'm watching this again in the studio, yeah. you know all the time. That character was kind of the first time that they were like, "What if Dracula was kind of a sympathetic character right, in yeah. a way? Like, what if we sort of, what if he felt feelings and loved yeah. the person and was, you know what I mean? What if we kind of told the story from like, you know, there's a there's something that's kind of sympathetic about this guy?
0: What if he was sad, horny, Gary Oldman? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Exactly, precisely that. Hey, you know, makes a good movie. It's true. You can kind of just take a look at his his um, his interest in media and be like, oh, he does like the right sad, sympathetic monster.
0: I like that. That's
1: not all bad. You can kind of yeah. feel for him, and that's cool. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, awesome. Awesome feedback. I was actually just
3: thinking that when he mentioned Daimyo, I was sitting there thinking, man, I miss Daimyo. That was such a simpler time in the comic. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I just- yeah, that was like when everything was going to hell with the frog monsters and shit. Yeah, Frog oh, monster
1: man. is a simpler time. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll, we will get into it. Now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. This week we're continuing our discussion of BPRD, Devil You Know, Pandemonium, issues four and five. These were published in October and September 2018, co-written by Mignola, Art by Lawrence Campbell. We've got him back on these issues. Right. Colors by Dave Stewart. Letters by Clem Robbins. And edited by Katie O'Brien.
1: It's quite a cover.
0: We've got another outstanding cover by Max and Sebastian Fumara. And we just know shit's going to go down. Yeah, I love geez. Howard's in the corner. Yeah. Just like, it's incredible. Yeah, it's great. And we get right into the action. Where we left off in the last issue, a swarm of demons were flying towards a BPRD ship as they approached New York. Inside the ship, the BPRD crew are puzzled as of what to do. Phoenix mutters, "God damn it!" to herself. That's not good, Mm -hmm. right? If Phoenix is saying that, everyone's like, (laughs) "Well, we
1: don't know what this is. We haven't seen it before, and so that's kind of par for the course, right?" But Phoenix is kind of like, "Uh, stumped." And then I like Hellboy's reaction. Here we go. Yeah, he's just tired, man. But for
0: for the readers. Like, we haven't seen Hellboy right. in action. He's been back for a couple issues now, you know, or one issue, and nothing really, you know, he didn't really do a whole lot. And so, like, now we're going to get into an action thing. Yeah. Here we, here we go. I love this. That's where I was like, what's going to happen? This is so exciting. The
1: helicarriers, you got a few bugs on the windshield here.
0: Yeah, it's firing its guns, and it looks like the demons are throwing themselves against the glass, they sure are. which is really. Disturbing? Yes. <laughs> yeah, over in the actual city, we see, I wanted to point out this detail, statues bleeding from the eyes. Yeah. Starting to look yeah. like real pandemonium. Starting to look like pandemonium over yeah. here, for real. Over with Vivara and her crew, Balam still argues with her about Hellboy. Oh, am I
1: saying that wrong? I said Balam. It's Balam.
0: It, it could be Balam. Vivara, overlooking her zombie undead army, says not to overestimate Hellboy. He denied his destiny. He's nothing.
1: I don't know, cause this is uh, this is actually really interesting. He killed Satan, and your arrogance let him here. So we're getting this like I, I I don't know. I still am on this thing of vivara has got some hubris right, happening, yeah. and it's going to end up being fucked up for Vivara. Well, she
3: de- they do bring up that uh, Satan was sleeping when uh, he. When he took him out. See,
1: that's still that I, I agree well, with I mean, this guy that its air is pure arrogance. I agree with that guy. He's like, I'm warning you, you don't know what you're messing with, and she's like, Oh, it's fine. Yeah. He doesn't know yeah. what he's doing. The guy was asleep. I don't have to care about that. You're overestimating him. I don't know, man. That just screams like yeah. you're going down.
0: <laughs> when Vivara says that Hellboy's nothing, Von Klem finishes a buffoon. I just thought that was comical. Like yeah. that would be what he's such a lackey now. Yeah. You know, now that yeah. he's, now, uh, she's given him a body and all this kind of stuff.
1: Um I I love the yeah oh yeah. Listen to listen to this guy, the, the yes man. <laughs> right? Like that's that's gone yeah. well in the past.
0: Vivara transforms more of her horde into devils. Back on the BPRD ship, Staz says the helicarrier Carrier is not built for air combat. Can I get on the hole, Hellboy-ass? That's more like it, Jericho says under her breath. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Remember earlier they were saying, and what, we have this guy here who doesn't feel like talking to anybody? He's basically a WMD and he's just sitting here.
1: I like the calmness with which he's... Can I get on the hole? Yeah. It's it's played as very straight, like just no frills. No... It's not a call to action. It's just more like a... All right, well, he I gotta just, take out just... the recycling and I gotta do the. You know, it's very Looks Well, it's like
3: he knows. Yeah, he knows what he has to do, so he doesn't need to show off to do it. Yeah.
0: And Liz looks like she's eager to get back into the action, but Devon screams at her again for some reason. She,
1: I know, she's like, oh, I got it. Shut my. Yeah. Like she's Dennis the Menace or something. Like
0: I guess because he didn't Alvin say it was, the was okay yeah. to go out there like they're all obeying Hellboy now. They're basically, okay, we're going to listen to you. Yeah, it's such a right? weird
1: it's such a weird moment where he's like, okay, well, let's do what needs to be done. I'll get on the hull and she's like, yeah, I got it. And he's his only focus. He's so narrow like yeah. the, his focus is so narrow that he's just like immediately on on Liz. Uh, it's like this like Right. It's like, it's almost comical. It's almost like, what are you doing? (laughs) What are you talking about, man?
0: Howard tells Hellboy that he'll show him. And as they walk out, Devon tells Staz, all battle-ready troops prepare to land. Well,
1: we get O'Donnell dropping some papers.
0: Oh, yeah. You
1: gotta gotta have that in there. He's
0: looking out the window, seeing all the demons. He's like, oh, no. I don't know
1: about this. (laughs) And so... uh,
0: Cut to the action. Yeah. This is so awesome. I love seeing Good stuff. Hellboy and Howard. Hellboy and Howard. So back to cool. Back. Love it. You are welcome, are Leonid's supposedly last words. The weird Russian Frankenstein Solomon Grundy commando who was introduced with Yosef's team. He seemed really awesome. And uh, here he saves Howard's from getting pulled up. And then he, like, gets tossed through the wow. air, you yeah. know? And, like, we don't see what happens to him by the end of this arc. So it's kind of like, was Poor, that it? Know. You know what I mean?
1: Pour one out for Solomon Grusdy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but they almost take Howard's. But it's like Howard's has to... I feel like after those scenes with Maggie, like, we know that Howard's has to... He's Im- he's important to this.
1: Yeah. I think since he was yeah. introduced, we've all been like, this is a thing. Yeah, because, so. I mean,
0: like spoilers you probably you should have read this already but we're starting to lose some people you know like they're really um this is really the end game there are casualties in these issues and it looks like this for might real, be the first yeah. one yeah yeah hellboy and howards confront by fronds and i love how lawrence campbell draws him like a giant frog yeah like he looks like a demon frog he does <laughs> he really does the hell i've seen that before abe says from inside the ship, we watched Diana scatter bifronds to the winds and injure herself in the process at the end of Abe Sapien, A Darkness So Great. Diana's You remember Diana? She was the Santa oh, Muerte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember. Yeah, she you. used Thank her, her know, Santa Muerte powers. Remember. I remember. I remember. Sorry.
1: I was like, what
0: the fuck? Um, I thought this was a strange detail. Staz tells Abe to suit up. What is he going to suit up in?
1: I guess they have a thing for him.
0: Do they? Because he doesn't go out with any he kind of He doesn't have a
1: thing. I don't know. Suit up. Maybe that's just like a get ready to go oh, okay. into battle. I yeah. don't know why you would say suit up. I just thought
0: that was interesting. Is it
1: supposed to be just like an encouraging thing to say to somebody who's about to go into battle? I guess suit so. Up? Yeah. I mean, but you're not actually get putting your anything mind ready. on. Yeah. Okay. Put on your game face. I guess in your in your mind, <laughs> you have to have a montage going of you yeah. like you know like every single batman movie we've ever gotten yeah is there's the scene where he's putting on the greaves okay yeah yeah putting on the mask and the cape and whatnot well that's
0: actually suiting up.
1: i know (laughs) but i don't know if it's like so why did he say that if he's not putting anything on i don't
0: know yeah
1: I thought we were gonna get like Abe battle armor. Sure, yeah. Limited time only. movies Where
0: he's got like the water tanks. I thought there was gonna be a some kind of a anyway. Not
1: not not necessarily like a water thing, but just like a you know like armored oppa. Like I thought we were gonna get like a (laughs) a moment like that where he's got some cool shit going on. I don't know, but no, that did not happen.
0: I do like this part where he's like, "I've seen that before." Outside the battle with Bifrons, Hellboy and Howard's is thrown off by these little demons. Throwing themselves into the engine turbines.
1: Okay. That's.
0: And the ship starts dropping. Yeah. Like that's like they're smashing up that's against their, the window. Yeah. And they're like, anyway, that is so crazy. And these are people, you know, these are what the people well, turned no, into. I mean, so they're just. Anymore. Yeah. But I mean. But
1: that's their battle strategy is yeah. to just like throw themselves into the engine and clog it. That's so really that crazy. It takes yeah. down the ship. It's pretty wild.
0: Outside, Liz sees this and she thinks of that vision. She sees a helicarrier going down and she's like.
1: I remember it, this. It was crash From my vision. I
0: love this Lawrence Campbell, this one that panel. That one panel is so good. God, yeah, that is like, I mean, we've seen it so many times, but it's there's great. something about this one that is so powerful. It's a good one. And so she goes into action. And so, like, what is happening here? Like, it's like she's rising, like, thermals underneath it
3: yeah, or
1: something? something like that.
3: Well, that, that's what I assumed she was doing. Like, she was, like, creating, like, a, a heat vacuum that's creating an updraft to kind of sort of gently let the thing
0: lower down. Right. Like a thermal something or other. Yeah. Well, well I actually did look up, it made me think of birds, right? When they're rising, they the rising
1: on the thermals, exactly.
0: Thermals are generated when the sun warms, the earth's surface, indirectly heating the air closest to the ground, causing it to rise. Soaring birds can use this rising air to gain elevation and remain aloft for extended periods without flapping their wings.
1: Yeah, there's there are birds that will ride thermals for miles and miles. Yeah. And so yeah. that's pretty cool.
3: I was like, equating it to something like um a like hot air balloon. So like sure. you, know, you heat the air. Oh, yeah and, yeah. and it's got that envelope that catches it. So, yeah. But, I mean, that's just works on the same principle. It's yeah. heated air to, to create lift. Yeah. And so I think she's using the heated air to create Slow enough lift. Slow the fall, maybe? <laughs> yeah. 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 Create like, a, create a cushion yeah. of air. Yeah,
1: a little cushion of air there. That is probably what's going on. And I, on the surface level, I was like, that's probably what's happening. But in the back of my mind, I couldn't help but think, what if she's, like, activating some kind of weird, real energy in the ship and is, like, that's what she's doing i don't oh, know there was okay. part of me that was like what if it's like weird real like yeah s- stuff happening i don't know like so. when
0: when thor shocks the iron man armor and it gives it like it powers it up sure. you know what yeah. i mean like she's powering up the ship through some sort of real energy or even we, just like an invisible we've seen like that a, it is like an energy right. source you know what i mean
1: even just like a some kind of So that she can keep it from dropping at quite as fast. I don't know. So That's cool. It's probably the thing that we were talking about, but in the back of my mind I could not get rid of this feeling that like, what if it's this weird magic thing that she's doing? I I don't know. But either way, what she's doing is she's slowing the ship's descent. I like this weird frog guy.
0: Yeah, he's like the hot winds of heaven.
1: And then uh, she's like, hey, if you can land it in the water, but Sherman is right underneath <laughs> us. Well, then she's going to want to get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> so it's because we're landing in the water. It's, it's going to be a crash landing. We cannot, we cannot prevent this now. And then this is an absolutely spectacular fucking thing. How people can draw at this scale and have oh, it yeah. look like what it's supposed to look like is very impressive.
0: Yeah, we get a two-page spread. Lawrence Campbell draws the ship crashing down. And I love, like... The action doesn't stop. No, it's like yeah. it just keeps they do going. Not get a they break. do not get like even a yeah. breath. You know, they come out of the water and Howard is already chopping heads and everything. Liz is getting blasted by bifrons in the air.
1: Strode is like doing her. Hey, give me, give me strength. Different gods. I love goddesses. This. Give me some strength. I'm gonna yeah. have a flaming sword in my hand.
0: Strode calls on Durga, lend strength to my arm and fill my hands with weapons so I may turn back evil upon my foes. I love this. She says this every time, just like yeah. Oda Benga did in BPRD 1947. Strode calls on the Hindu warrior goddess Durga, nice. meaning the inaccessible or the invincible. Durga is the most popular incarnation of Devi, and one of the main forms of the goddess Shakti in the Hindu pantheon. Durga is known to fight demonic forces. Hell
1: yeah! Sounds good.
0: Yeah, really cool. I love so- that. Yeah, Yeah, and I love this whole reveal of her like, you know, over the panels. You know, she's saying it. And so I wanted to talk about... She's not
1: even scared. She's just going after it.
0: Yeah. Okay, think about this. Has she ever pulled out the fire sword in real life? It's supposed to be like in the vision type of thing. But now because it's hell, can she pull it... Like, have we seen her pull the fire sword out in the I real wouldn't world? I would say it
1: wasn't real world or real life. I would say that just other people could not perceive it hmm. the way that okay. she Just like him. we
0: saw Hellboy was part of... He could yes. see it, but other people could Yeah, and so but this like, is
1: becoming so everything we had just said the worlds are colliding, Yeah. but literally like yeah. shit is actually crashing into each other. So like dimensions maybe are crashing into one another and are, everything's becoming more, I wonder what's going to happen with Howard's. I wonder if right that's going to be, there's going to be a gall Howard's moment. I wonder right. if okay. so. Ashley Strode's flaming sword being apparent to everyone here on the scene. Maybe that's a, Like you said, I mean, this is hell now. Yeah. Hell on earth. Like literally this is pandemonium now,
0: even in the hospital scene, it was only in the in the yeah. other realm. And yeah. in the hospital room, they just saw her holding up the beads. And
1: being weird. <laughs> yeah. But everyone now is... She, she, and she doesn't give a fuck. She's just like... She's, I love that she doesn't take a second to go, oh, but wait, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's none of that. Yeah, It's just, she just gets to work. It's fantastic. And it keeps the action moving. And it's really... It's good stuff. And I wonder... Yeah. It got me thinking when we got the whole... And something's happening to England, and then there's a world tree, and this is the world tree, and this is the new thing. It's going up a level... Each time. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this is the tree now, and this is the world tree, so that scoots up a level, and then this is Earth, and so this is whatever, Midgard, and now you scoot this up a level, and now hell is up here, because this hell is because dead. Because
0: now the world tree and hell are on our plane. But if you
1: think about, like, if is that just perpetually forever going on? Yeah. Up into eternity? So, like, that's... So, I kind of... I don't, I'm having a hard time describing that, but yeah. I feel like that no, is I kind of... I get what of, you're always that's so cool and it's just sort of always in flux and phasing in and out in this like in perpetuity in this pattern of hmm. well the world tree goes over here so then earth follows and then hell follows and then now this is how we'll, so then this is a new earth and this is a new world tree and a new heaven and all this shit yeah, yeah. and i feel like that's just like perpetually continuously going and that's that kind of like when at that thing with the ending we got with the shapes and everything yeah that's what that was my first Real inkling of, like, okay, I think that that might be the thing.
0: Oh, okay. I
1: think that that might be where it goes. I don't know. It's, I'm having a hard time describing what I'm trying to say. I love it though. But yeah. <laughs> I feel like O'Donnell. I feel like I'm like, and then the shapes! <laughs> and then the shapes, and it's just infinity hell. And you're like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> you need to go take a nap. I need a nap. <laughs>
0: I want to talk about this next page as Liz and Byfron's face off in the air. Phoenix steps out of the ship and has a general bad feeling about this. The art on this page is incredible. Such a good bit of storytelling there with Phoenix's eyes... And then she's looking at these skyscrapers that are all super detailed and totally wrecked. I mean, look at the lines
2: yeah. on these yeah.
0: buildings. I just love this page and that look on Phoenix's face. You know, like if she is this messed up and yeah. scared about things, this is like really bad. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What good is she if stuff is getting messed up and she's just like, oh no, like right. come on.
0: Well, she's supposed to see the future, so maybe like she's not she can't seeing anything. see it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be super scary.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, even she says she
0: didn't see the future, she
1: just knows
0: things. Right.
3: Because of her ghost
1: sister. Uh, Ghost
0: sister. Then back to the action. I love all this. Just so cool to see them all fighting together. Hellboy Howard's, even Phoenix is firing a gun. Jericho's got her proto-saber. And Moro, he doesn't have his Shanae, but he's got a pistol that's keeping him safe so far.
1: (laughs) Uh, Ashley Strode's like, hey that's an Earl of Hell but they're like you know what Liz has that under control right? so why don't you uh, you know like her and Howards can, can do that and we can go somewhere else because right. I think that that's not that she's not capable of I just yeah I think that that's <laughs> well yeah and this is plan.
0: this is where we get Phoenix she has a general sense about things she's like we gotta go in uh, and we need Hellboy to come with us. Yeah. you know what I mean. She knows yeah. those two pieces. We get a shot of the door opening. Here comes Abe. I love oh, this man. shot of his eyes. Like he would get some sort of action beat here. Yeah, this one guy's like, "About time."
1: Love it. Yeah, yeah. I think we're
3: I all that. thinking that. I love that first like reveal of Abe, where it's just like in the shadow and the lightning all strikes, and it's you, yeah. You know, you can see that in the movie because yes. like she's like, "We need Hellboy," and then this would be the cut scene and
2: yeah
0: it's very cinematic
3: yeah the that. way that he launches his himself fist too somebody. you see
0: yeah. his fist there in that shot and i love the idea too of we need hellboy but we get Abe instead okay. you know what i mean that's really cool i like that hellboy hears this chi 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 sound the hell is that he asks this reveal of the crickets lawrence campbell's version i don't know if we've seen these before but they are horrifying uh this they version are. of these things I don't like that they're fucking terrible <laughs>
1: What's his name is like Howard's defend the ship and I'm like why it's just a hunk of crashed up right, metal. right yeah why are you wasting Howard's defending a hunk of crashed up metal you're bad at your job
0: okay yeah because he says the rest of them are going into the city and so Howard stays back with Nichols to hold back the ship but I got to talk about this shot here. I fucking love this. You got Abe, Morrow, Phoenix, Devon, Hellboy, Jeroco Nichols, and Strode. And then Howard jumps over them. Can <laughs> you see how they're yeah. lined up? Yeah. And then Howard's... So, ah, oh, I could just see that so cinematically. It's good stuff. And Howard's jumping over. God.
1: Then we got Liz... Uh,
0: then you would pan upwards and see over, Liz yeah. fighting Bifrons in good. the air. That'd so cool. So cool. I just love this page. Liz watches the crew head into the city.
1: She gets another flashback here. Yeah, she
0: remembers those pictures. And these are the exact pictures that Guy Davis drew. I love seeing Lawrence Campbell do this. It's, God, this is such a payoff for all of us fans, I think. You know, we're getting to that moment. And uh, she's distracted looking at the crew and these devils. They grab her out of the air and they bring her towards Bifrons. How can a mortal form contain such fire, he asks. And then on this next page, he's completely engulfed and blown back by Just the fireball. Liz emanates around her. The two little devils look like they totally disintegrate. And Bifrons falls to the ground in flames.
1: Or what's left of him. Yeah. And And her her response is, it can't.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that.
1: I'm Phoenix. I'm Dark Phoenix. I'm a better version of the character known as Dark Phoenix. I'm I'm Dark Phoenix if you did it right.
0: Well, she talks about how it flows through her. Mm -hmm. She's just a vessel, Mm -hmm. you know, I guess. And so I think that's really interesting. I think Mark uh, kind of he explained they're showing us more and more of what Liz really yeah. is.
1: It's a good moment. That's a good story beat. I, really I love like that. that a lot. Yeah.
3: What real Liz really is is she one of the fire people that brought down the fire from um,
0: the very you know the people from the very beginning of time? One of the, the watchers. watchers is that your yeah. is that your yes. uh, So that's, that's my th- final answer. That kind of <laughs> yes. goes along with what you were saying about the Phoenix, right? Or well, here's or the thing: like is
1: the Watchers weren't supposed to take the fire right they did it because they were like fuck it we're just gonna go ahead and take this.
0: they were impatient yeah and yeah.
1: liz is kind of cursed to embody this and almost a tone hmm. for this in okay. a way and it's kind of maybe not that extreme but like she just got finished explaining she's not supposed to be right. like this yeah she is and yeah. she's doing her best with <laughs> her situation here. You know, obviously she's, she's trying to, she's been through it. You know, she, she's been through a lot of various struggles and adventures to try and understand this and try and, I'm going to try and yeah. have some control over it. Now I uh, learned you can't control it. So you got to kind of just like yeah. learn how to live with and it, and it and balance it. she lost her powers for a
0: little yeah, you bit gotta, and all that to So she's been stuff.
1: through a lot of stuff with this. And so, this path of discovery has led her to this moment where he's like oh how can you contain this fire and she's like well i fucking can't yeah and i that's i think that says so much about well all these questions we've been asking and it really kind of it, yeah you know it it indicates that she's not really in control and she no longer wants to be in control and no longer is trying to be in control she just is right now
3: that doesn't really answer any question of like, is she connected to the Watchers? That's what I'm saying. Is that, uh, is,
1: I, I, sorry, I went I, um, on a tangent. I think like the Vril is definitely that connection, but I feel like.
3: Because, you yeah. know, we know that Abe is a reincarnated shaman mixed with a fish creature, sure. slash, 18th yeah. century Victorian guy, and yeah. oh boy, it's the bearer of the right hand of doom. But I'm just, you know, I mean, is Liz? Sure. I mean, that's what I'm. And it's more of a, a, a direct question to sure. John. Is what I was asking. Oh, a direct question to me.
0: Well, yes. I think that we're gonna
3: oh, get Oh sorry, I
1: thought we were all discussing it together. No, no, no. I didn't realize we were
3: No no no. We were, but now
0: I'm directly asking John. I think <laughs> that what I'll say at this time is there will be more that we'll we will see regarding that that theory. Um, so is she
1: like a like a genetic descendant, perhaps? Is that what you're thinking?
0: I was thinking more like a reincarnation. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna find out. If that's the case or
3: not,
1: I'm excited to find out. I'll say that's, that because that's that's yeah. that's also very compelling. That's a really cool because, idea. Yeah,
3: because it it could be like a, a reincarnation through a genetic descendant.
0: Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Remember, Mark Tweedo also talked about like both sides have been looking for a girl. You know, what I mean, the Black Flame. They're always that's what Kamala was. Yeah. You know, they're trying mm. to get some. They're trying to get a girl that can do the shock tea. And so maybe there would be something like that. For the Vril side, right? We've talked about that too. Yeah. Well, bit. we ta- yeah we okay. talked about like the yeah. light and
1: dark versions of shit. Yeah. And uh, we were we were I mean we were talking about um, hey, remember Liz has reacted literally every single time Hecate is mentioned, or even like time there's any kind of hmm. towards that subject.
0: Oh, in this story, yeah. yeah, yeah. So
1: like, anytime Hellboy's like, yeah, whatever, Liz has had a very extreme reaction.
0: Okay, so let's talk about this. Do you remember, uh, sorry, we're getting a little tangent here, but I, th- I love where this conversation's going. It's a book club. Um, remember at the end of King of Fear, Liz had a vision, and then it cut to two pages of Mignola art, and it was Hellboy sitting on top of a thing. Mm-hmm. Hecate was behind him. Yeah. It was all watercolored beautifully yeah. by Mignola yeah. and Dave Stewart. I remember that. And, yeah. then, uh, and then Hellboy said, do it, Liz. And then that's when she set all the fire yeah. and that, that was the end of King of Fear. All the monsters started coming up out of the ground and all that kind of stuff. You it set can cut off this all out now. if it's an actual yeah. spoiler. She's
1: going to have to kill him. She's the only one who can.
0: Okay, that's your theory. Maybe it is. I like your theories because we're getting close to the end. So I like hearing, you know, I, we don't have to cut it out. I like hearing what your theories are going to be. I'm not going to say yes or no because I think we're going to you're okay. going to see what's going to happen, sure. and we're all going to experience the it together. She
1: the anti-Hecate, or is she Hecate? Mm. Maybe Hecate takes over Liz, and he has to fight Liz. I, I don't love know. these
0: theories.
3: I don't well, know; okay, it could so, be
1: any of that. I don't know. Okay, so
3: I just had another thought. I mean, Hellboy gets summoned to Earth in '44, and then Abe, all of us, you know, gets awakened in the whatever time in 1980s or something like that, and they're all kind of joining together, and they're both kind of keys to the next world, you know, mm-hmm. one ending, one beginning. Yeah. And now Liz is, and Liz is there too with them ah. basically the whole time. So some weird fate has brought the three of them together. there's like they're, they're supposed to be like...
1: Strange attractors.
3: Strange at this time. Mm. And so, fuck, man. Is she the yeah. new
1: watcher that has the Vril that's like, hey, I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to make the Ogdru... Yeah, Hint, yeah. He- J- J- I'm excited. Heads. I'm excited to be able. So to So she's about either gonna <laughs> end up being a vessel for evil, or she's gonna be the anti evil thing. Okay. Or <laughs> one of the other things. We I'll just said. tell you. I'll just
0: tell you when you get there, you're gonna want to go back and read a bunch of stuff. Oh sure, covered, sure. I believe so.
1: it. I believe it. I like um, though. I like Aubrey. Uh, I like all of your uh, thoughts and questions. Yeah, you're very. A, oh yeah. No, yeah. Like you that's very interesting stuff that you're coming up with there that's all very i like how you keep it up because you're making me think about this yeah that's good same
3: here because like you know you you said that and i was like what about this yeah it's good
1: i know so that's good that's why it's a book club i like (laughs) i like that i keep it coming i like that i like the questions that you come up with because that makes me think about this in a different way i love it
2: yeah
0: over at grand central station Favara, along with Von Clempton-Balam, watched the events unfold on a mirror that this little devil guy is holding (laughs) up. We saw the Marquis do a similar thing in Frankenstein Underground.
1: Mirrors are a whole thing.
0: She assures Balam that he will fight Hellboy, but she needs one of these guys. The weak link in their chain, she says. And she's looking at Abe, Joroco, and Devon.
1: Yeah, that is the one, the weak link in their chain. And, like, so it's going to be one of these.
0: Right. And so if this is coming out issue by issue, I mean, obviously you and Aubrey already know what they're going to get at. But we got Jiroko who's been dreaming of Vavara this whole time. You know, we've got Devon, who is kind of like he's kind of the unlikable character, yeah. and then we've got Abe in there too, who's got a bunch of weird stuff going on where we think that he might be one of the frog monsters, or we don't know what's you know, happening with yeah. him. Yeah. So, oh. yeah. What what were what? you thinking? Uh, is, or can you think before you read the the next issue what you were thinking that when you saw that?
3: Okay, when I saw this, I was just like, Devon's the weak link because he doesn't trust the team members he's with, and mm-hmm. so he, his untrustiness is going to be the downfall of the team. That's where I thought.
1: He's also losing his fucking
2: grip, yeah. man. Yeah. Like he Well, was... there's
3: that there's that too. But I mean I'm just saying, like, yeah. even before that, I mean, it's just the fact that he doesn't trust his people, the yeah. people don't trust him. Yeah.
0: He's he's the weakest
3: link. For
1: sure, <laughs> absolutely. He you, is.
0: Did you think the same thing?
1: I, I I gotta admit, like, that's that is what I thought just because like Wow. His behavior is so why, why are you the leader? Like, you're bad at it. Yeah. What do you, what, just like, let up, there, you have so many natural leaders. You've got several. You've got at least four yeah. or five. <laughs> and so why, why, if you've got like four or five people who are natural leaders right. there in the team, why the fuck would anyone yeah. think that you're the well, leader? Well, that's
0: why they all listen to Hellboy it when doesn't he's like, make let's go out on the sense. hall. Yeah,
1: and so that's, that, that was one of the things where like, and he's been so focused on his yeah. hatred for Liz.
0: And Abe, yeah. He's got he's these got a weird blinders, like
1: them. this weird tunnel vision of, like, he just snaps like a insecure... Well, he like hates
3: them because he is afraid of them.
1: Yeah, and so it's one of those things where, like, he's all business. He's like, yeah, I'll make sure you get the convoy to the thing. And then as soon as Liz is like, yeah, I'm going to go check this out, he's like, what the fuck?
2: Oh. <laughs>
1: and it's one of these things where yeah. it's just like, dude, is that really where your focus needs to be? Because she's actually... She's doing something helpful. Yeah, So... Just say thank you and move on. Like, I don't understand. Like, it's like Aubrey said, nobody trusts him and he doesn't trust any one of the people he's supposedly supposed to be in charge of. And so Uh, it's like, how is that going to work?
3: My other thought was that it couldn't be, it wouldn't be Jeroko because they've been building up with the dreams. I'm like, that's too obvious. Right. Oh, you think that (laughs) that was a red (laughs) herring. Okay. 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 And then Abe, because... No, definitely not. He's it. not a weak
1: he's not a weak link. He's just like we don't know what's going to happen with his weird yeah. frogness. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's like that didn't immediately like read to me as oh it's a weak link. I just right. I read that as Oh, link, yeah. you know I, I, so yeah I think I we were it. all on the same page at that point.
3: She, she's definitely not even looking at Abe or Jericho. She's got her eyes set on Devin. Right,
1: <laughs> right. And I think like like you were saying like the two of them are meant to be red herrings probably. Yeah. So that's but yeah.
0: I like this little detail. When she's looking in the mirror, you can see in her reflection, she's got the yellow eyes or yeah. whatever the orange eyes yeah. and then we get these great i love these panels they're so realistic you get that hyper realistic yeah. lawrence campbell style on the bottom with just the wreck city Jeez. they keep focusing in on these skyscrapers that are kind of tipped over Yeah, that's pretty messed up talking about counting the panels look at this double spa- uh, double Jeez. splash here yeah and it's got this same element like fumara did where the panels are on top of a larger image of just like this destroyed right. new york It's really cool. Um, Just some amazing pages here. Devon, Phoenix, Abe, Hellboy, Strode, and Joroco enter Lower Manhattan under the Washington Square Arch. This is a marble Roman triumphal arch in Washington Square Park in Greenwich Village in Lower Manhattan, New York City, designed by architect Stanford White in 1892. It commemorates the centennial of George Washington's 1789 inauguration as President of the United States and forms the southern terminus of Fifth Avenue. Okay. We see it all wrecked okay. here. Jiroko's irritated that they don't seem to know where they're going, but Phoenix says it's the right way. And Abe looks at her. You know, we get because Phoenix shot him. You know, you think about this for a second. Abe is like, oh okay, we're listening to her. Then he has got this moment with Devon where they kinda like Seems like they kind of put some of their beef to rest.
2: I
1: guess. Yeah, he's... I had to read this a couple of times. I didn't really know what I was reading at first. Like, it kind of clicked. After I read it a a few times, I was like, oh, yeah, this is the whole thing of him being shot, I guess. Yeah. Abe, I hope that you... And he cuts him off. He's like, ah, Devin, stop. I don't want to fucking hear it. You know, like, you know, I got to say anything, bro. You know, it's... I don't want to have any feelings right now. Yeah. (laughs) Just leave it alone. (laughs) We've got bigger stuff to think about. Just, you know, just leave it. It's fine. You did a good job, I guess. And I, you know, you're you're doing a good job. You became a real guy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He's like, ah, thanks. And so it's very. He gives him some kudos. Some little bro moment there.
3: I was kind of reading it as in a Abe is genuinely just you know he's ready to just move past this and move on with it because you know he doesn't he he's the bigger person he doesn't want to live with that kind of anger in his heart or anything like that. Oh, ah, yeah. I love that. So, so I think like, this was just Abe's way of saying, I don't think about you, I'm past you. Yeah, absolutely. You know?
1: And who wants to fucking you know? talk to that guy anyway? Who right. wants to have a heart like, to heart with this guy? <laughs> He's
3: like, you, you did a good job, now let's fucking go do the job. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then we get the scene with Abe and Hellboy, where Hellboy's just like, looking at the city and he says, it's nothing. Guess I haven't been to Manhattan in a while. And I was trying to think, when was the last time he was there? I don't really know. Let us know. Was it in the visitor or something like that? I, I can't don't remember. I can't remember the last time he was that. in Manhattan, but it was a long time ago.
1: He and Abe is ah, it's just not the same, isn't it? Joking about this entire city being destroyed.
0: Goddamn Giuliani, Jeez. Hellboy responds. I
1: mean, really, that <laughs> that that comment is still relevant.
0: I was
3: reading this yesterday and I got to that part and a text I screenshot it sent it to John and said this is
0: relevant to today. It yeah. still
1: is, yeah. It still is.
0: Yeah, you can I'm sure you, I don't need to give the trivia on that guy. Every, gonna, everybody knows who he is. No.
1: It's not worth the googs. And it's, it's <laughs> We would tell you. It's not worth the rent in your mind. You just don't. It's not worth the space.
0: A bunch of these little demons fly over and they knock Devon on the head. Abe and Hellboy start fighting the demons, but Devon stays down. I thought he
1: was dead.
0: And he's bleeding. I thought he yeah. was
1: fucking dead. Because look at that. Like, that is... That's quite... He hit so hard.
0: Yeah.
3: That
1: is quite an I injury. Go, that's a skull injury.
3: I had to go look back and look, because I thought for a second maybe he got shot, like, snipered. Oh, <laughs> right. really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, mean, then I was like, oh, no, yeah. wait, he's... Clearly getting whacked by this demon, he but...
1: cracked his skull on the ground. Like, that looks like a killing blow. Yeah,
0: yeah.
3: To me. Yeah. If
1: I saw that happen to a person in real life, I would immediately just assume they were dead. Yeah. I mean, that is, like, scary. Well, well I guess... Then of
3: course, it also ends the issue, too. Yeah,
0: yeah. so we were just left with that. Like, right. okay, I guess we'll see what happens next month. Eh,
1: I'm not a big loss, though. It immediately becomes complicated, because right at the last second they tried to, like... Be like, ah, maybe he's not so bad.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: then immediately he's like, sure. So, you know, seemingly killed. Right. And so now I'm supposed to feel bad <laughs> for thinking this guy is a jerk.
3: Okay, so I actually did not feel any sympathy for him because, you know, even though they did the whole Abe's like, hey, 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 we're, you know, we're, let's move on. Yeah. I, I was just like, yeah, I'm not falling for that bullshit.
2: <laughs> I know it was uh.
1: engineered to make me feel bad. Like, I know I was supposed to be on his side at this moment and that he was supposed to be a sympathetic character at this point but i just I couldn't quite get there
3: yeah no you you need more than a couple of panels i need more to than redeem. a couple of panels yeah yeah i need a few a few maybe trades and worth that of, you know, didn't and feel
1: like dish. his arc either that's not yeah. what his arc felt like right. to me either yeah anyway I love Hellboy's little cloven hooves.
0: Yes, this cover is blowing my mind. The first time I saw this, it's Hellboy on the Black Flames Throne, drawn by Sebastian and Max Fumara. And what can you say? Fuck, it's amazing. Yeah. Opening this issue, the Hellboy and Abe fight continues. They're fighting those demons. And we get Right Hand of Doom Boom number 42. All right. In the current continuity, we've got one. How about it? Abe's like cracking necks over here. (laughs) Yeah. And we see Strode is getting into the action too, but then she gets scratched all across the face. Jeez. That's pretty grisly. Yeah. so yeah, let's talk about this scene with Devon. What did you guys think about this?
1: about him waking up, and Vivara's there, and they put it. they cut him open with the knife that killed Satan, and yeah. she stuffs a demon inside him. Yeah yeah, it's bad news.
0: Yeah, so you said that he looked dead. I wonder if he did he die.
1: absolutely died. and
0: then he's he's with yes. them. that gives Vivara powers access. yeah. I was I was getting the impression that maybe the the demon
3: grabbed his soul out.
0: Oh, right, because the demon knocked him on the back of the head. Uh-huh. Maybe yeah. that that had something to do with it. I like that too. Yeah. She mentions his wrath. Yes, I am simple object of your anger. It's understandable your anger, Andrew, and he's like I'm not, like he's about to I think he's about to say I'm, I'm not angry.
1: Yeah, he's trying to deny it.
0: She's like I went through a ordeal once and it left me and so this word she says impressible it also means receptive or susceptible and now you are like us so his anger has made him more receptive to the dark side or whatever, whatever you want to call fucked it up shit is happening being here, being yeah. open to the demons being able to like control him or whatever yeah. yeah and so this is a pretty grisly scene as she like cuts him open your bitter soul it welcomes us she says and then we see the little demon crawling inside of him.
1: That's quite a little little lesson for the reader to you know, if you let your anger and your wrath consume you, it's gonna yeah. ruin your whole life. And then you're just a little worm, mm. and then you're a little your soul is a worm, and you're in the you're just gonna be yeah you know taken over by demons in a scary place, and that's what you had to look forward to. So let go of your anger and your wrath. And I do like that yeah. message.
0: That is a good message. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's unfortunate that all of that anger towards Abe and Liz that he was holding up, he's up at night gripping the sheets, the like his eyes bugging then, out of his yeah. head. You know what I mean? With all this anger, and that ultimately led to his downfall, I guess.
1: Well, just in, yeah, I mean, that's anybody that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, maybe not this dramatic. Right, right. Like you're not going to have demons cutting you open and whatever, but it's it's an allegory for your life. Yeah. you got you yeah. to live your life. You can't. Let that consume you.
0: We get this gruesome thing with Devon. Then when he wakes up they're like Ah, you're okay. Come yeah, on. Right. I don't know if I saw that. <laughs> Jeroko's right, you're fine.
1: Let's let's get you <laughs> on your feet. Well, no. I mean they
3: didn't Oh, they saw it was like something like he got hit, he went down, he's like, Oh, look, he's he's coming too. So I don't know,
1: there was a pool of blood. At minimum he's got a concussion, like that looked like he had split his entire <laughs> skull open. That was scary looking.
3: I mean, it is Devin, so their concern is probably not as high as ah, they liked.
1: You're just like propping a dude up on his feet that just cracked his skull on the ground. That's, that's, dear reader, please don't do that.
0: (laughs) The way that Campbell draws his eyes all like weird and crazed as he gets up is so unsettling. Back in South Carolina, Maggie approaches her mom. You hear something? The mom asks and Maggie just like touches her chin it's cutting back and forth a lot a lot is happening yeah there's a lot of
1: stuff coming together here they do a good job of like keeping the narrative clear
0: yeah
1: um there were some parts where I had to go back and reread some stuff and think about it and be like wait that's confusing what you lost me hold on a sec but that has more to do with like my inability to remember all this stuff. Sure, no, it They're is a lot. They're doing a good job with the narrative. I just like sometimes I get turned around. Yeah, and I have to kind of like pace myself with no, it no. and think about it. But
0: when, when I when these were coming out, like when issue two came out, I would read one and two, and then when issue three came out, I would read one, two, yeah. and three, and and so on and so forth until. I read all the issues in one go because I would forget. You know, from month to month, it's hard to keep all this stuff straight.
1: Yeah, so they're—I think they're doing a good job. I just think that it's—you got to have a whole team behind you that's that's helping you read this, and that's what the book club is for.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Back in Lower Manhattan, Howard's, along with Morrow and Nichols, defend the ship against the Crickets. And I thought this was kind of a weird moment because Howard's like leaps in there and they can't really see him. He's just like slashing away. And Morrow is like, where are you, Howard?"s And then Nichols is like, man up. There's a spectacular image of Howard's like slicing through all the crickets on the bottom. He's got like some guts of one in uh, his hand or something like
1: that. Yeah, that's grisly. But
0: Nichols, yeah. is like, uh, Nichols is like, man up, Morrow. And then immediately Morrow gets slashed in the face and he's like, whoa, back off. Oh didn't you just tell him to man up like
1: Wasn't, wait maybe i think is the back off like directed at the monsters i don't
0: know but i just thought That's it was a little
1: bit yeah maybe chill the fuck out maybe a little yeah.
0: bit you know i don't know but these shots of howard's just going at it yeah. are amazing inside the ship the engines are inspected and the crew tell says that they can get the engines going As the agents shoot down devils, Liz flies in, checking to see if anyone saw the body of that flying frog she took out. No frogs here, one of them says. So, think about this. Yeah. Just like you said earlier, what a swell time that was when it was just frogs. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that comment was kind of saying that, like, you know, look at where we are now. I wish we had fucking
1: frogs. There's devils in the air and
0: these crickets and... You know, d- hordes of demons, new hell on earth, you know, and all this kind of stuff. No frogs out here. So
1: she just takes off. She burns one of them in her wick.
0: Yeah, I love this. She's, like, frying all of them and- as she flies off. Howards comes back to the ship after clearing out most of the crickets, but they don't know if Nichols returned. And it looks like Liz heads out into the city after the crew. Again, these great shots where Campbell, like, pulls way back. Yeah, You know, we see the team approaching the totally destroyed city.
1: Chiroca's like, I'm still annoyed that we don't know where we're going. And, <laughs> you know, Phoenix is like, well, uh, we're still going north. And what's his face is like, oh, chill the fuck out. Yeah. And then, so this statue, though.
0: Yeah, I think you're going the right way if you see a bleeding equestrian statue of George Washington. <laughs> this is an outdoor sculpture by uh... Henry Kirk Brown. Located in Union Square, Manhattan in the United States, the bronze equestrian statue was dedicated in 1856, and it is the oldest sculpture in the New York Parks collection.
1: The mouth is in- all horrible now, though. It's yeah. like a horrible <laughs> monster mouth with just a straight, steady stream of blood coming out the oh, mouth, and then, like, focusing on the chest, just- like the stomach is the mouth. I yeah. was
3: about to bring that up. Yeah, uh, yeah, on
1: the guy, like just like in those other statues that we had seen originally, like this, these guys' yeah. mouth. Stomach monster now here. And that's a specific style. Yeah. That's definitely a recognizable style.
3: That's that distinct distinct hell aesthetic. Yeah, Yeah, that's distinct
1: (laughs) hell aesthetic, yes. Yeah. And so the boys look at that and they're like, oh no, yeah, we don't like that. And Hellboy's like, That
0: looks familiar. (laughs) Phoenix says it feels right, but Devin, he says, I disagree. A metaphorical hell or a literal one is being made here. Should we head up to a giant park? New York and Pandemonium both are outlined by rivers. Let's look to the water. He knows surprisingly a lot about Pandemonium now and they're just like, okay, yeah, Devin's right.
1: Hellboy and, and Phoenix are both like, well, this is, we're doing good and then all of a sudden we've got This fucking guy here is like, oh, maybe we should do this instead. I don't know, man.
0: Devon's right, Hellboy says. That's where I killed Satan, the capital of hell. What? Jeroko responds.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about?
0: Oh, that's a great panel right there. I love that. Yeah, so they all head that way. And we get these quiet panels right here. Tension is really building. Yeah. And like gives that... Uh,
1: They pause before they enter here. Yeah, she says, hold
0: up, it's too quiet. And then we turn the page. He's
1: already taking out his weapon.
0: Yeah. What'd you think of this?
1: Fucked up. We knew it was coming. We knew something fucked up was coming.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, we just possibly lost Leonid. And now here, Jiroko, She gets shot in the head, and everyone springs
1: into action. I mean, yeah. Abe is on him like instantaneously. I know, and
0: yeah. Strode
1: is like Durga, back me up. Yes, you know. And but it's. I mean, obviously, once someone has been shot through the head, like that's all. It's it not good. I can. That's very cinematic too. Like I can just see, like all of a sudden, someone just pull, like you know, like that is. Yeah. This is fucked up. What a twist. Fuck.
0: Devon starts laughing because behind Abe. Balam pops out, yeah, and he smacks Abe to the side. Strode goes after Devon, but then like he blocks it. Now he's got like devil powers or something like that.
3: Devon, Devon's
1: full on dark side over here at this point. I
3: like, I like when Abe, where Devon actually says, "Abe, sleeping, you were already on thin ice." It's like, like he's still trying to be the director. Yes, yeah,
1: "Yeah, that is just. That's wild. Strode is not hesitating. She's she's chopping heads.
0: She's going right for it. Yeah. And we get another right hand of Doom Boom number forty three. Hellboy versus Balam. This is an incredible shot yeah. by Lawrence Campbell. And he gives it that realistic feel too, which is I just love this take on it.
2: I like that we
1: don't see the boom. We see the gearing up yes. for the boom, <laughs> and then we hear it. So it's like, that happened off camera.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's neat. I love that.
1: And she's trying to wake up Carla, who Phoenix has been shot over. in the head. Right. And then what she's going for a gun, which historically, I have not liked that. Yeah, right? So historically, she scary. doesn't have a good Still. track
0: record with a gun, so she picks up Jeroko's gun after finding her unresponsive. Facing off against Strode. Devon, he well,
1: quote unquote, Devon. Right, exactly. I mean,
0: not... She says, "Oh my God, you usually call that name with more confidence." He says, and then he like cuts himself open, yeah, and like the devil pops out, and he says, "Try again, Ashley." Strode. This kind of reminded me of Wolves of St. August too, where he says sure, the wolf sure. is in me. He cuts himself open yeah. like that.
3: Well, it's like, and it's just like the demon jumps out of Devon, and he just falls to the ground dead. Yeah, yeah. he was like a little goodbye, puppet. Devon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, look, you know, we rag on Devin because he's a dumbass and he's an idiot and all that. But, you know, I really wouldn't wish this on... No, no. ...on anybody, but
1: he did kind of bring it on himself. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird times. Like, I don't think anyone deserves to die just for being a jerk, but it's just weird times. It's a weird story with weird stuff going on, and that's just bound to happen to at least a few people. At least a couple people are going to get the demon puppeteer treatment, so... It was yeah. going to be him. He's the weak link, right?
0: Exactly. We see Balaam crash Hellboy into a wall.
1: Cloven feetsies.
0: Vivara approaches. I told you, Lord Balaam, she says, that creature poses little danger. And he even talks about how Phoenix has the gun. The adult soothsayer chooses now to bear arms, he asks. I'm trying
1: to shoot a demon with a gun.
0: And Abe jumps in. He, so here he saves Phoenix. Yeah. She shot him, and he is jumping in to defend her. Yeah. Yeah,
1: And that's something that we've seen these two threads. We've seen Devon, who's made mistakes, and we've seen Phoenix, who has made mistakes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Devon is trying to act like everything's cool, man, without ever having to whatever. And Phoenix has has tried her best to make up for that since then, I feel like. And so while I never quite totally trusted her... I also could see that she was really su- struggling and suffering,
2: doing right. her best
1: and trying to make up for it and all this stuff. And so it's one of those things where that connection, that brief connection between that Devin was trying to create between yeah, him, yeah. He, him and Phoenix was like this tenuous, like, oh, which way is it going to go? kind Right, of thing. right. And so yeah. now the resolution to obviously to that was here's what happens when you don't resolve the issues within yourself. And here's what happens when you do your best. Right, right. People are going to see that in you.
0: Trying to give her the hoodie back was like the join me yeah. moment you know yeah. it was like remember
3: yeah remember let's, let's we had remember so this. many memories yeah, together. yeah. and so it's here like, yeah okay like, it's like you remember that one time the only time <laughs> yeah
1: and so here obviously her redemption arc it's come to this uh moment where if we see abe defending the life of the person who tried to kill him right he recognizes that she understands that she made a mistake that she's sorry that she's tried her best. And so uh, here I think we're seeing like Abe kind of almost pushed away or rejected that interaction between him and Devon. Like, ah, we don't need to talk about that. And because I feel like that whole, it's not really what you say, it's more like what you do. And he's watching what Phoenix is doing. Mm. What Devon does really matters. And obviously what he did was not the right fucking thing to do. And here we have a a different way that that could go.
0: Yeah, I like that. Which is
1: Phoenix like, she was a kid. She was a young, scared little kid. Yeah. How are we going to hold that against her, right? And so I've kind of come around to that story arc, too. I like of it. Like seeing the, you know, I was kind of on the fence, like, I don't know if I should trust her. I'm kind of coming around, but I don't know what's going to happen. So I, I really like that they kept me on my toes that way. Yeah. And seeing the resolution to both of those arcs in the same moment of Abe has made, has made this choice to lose his life defending her. Yeah. And just jumping into battle with a horrific demon monster just because she was trying anything she could. And he trusts her now. She's got a gun in her hand. Yeah. And he's leaping in between sure, her
2: and a yeah, monster. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, So that's
1: that, that resolution is very satisfying. That's really cool. And that's really, I, I like when a story can keep me on my toes. I like when a story can keep me guessing. And I like that I am so invested in these characters that I don't know what's going to happen and what they're, what it's going to, and I think that that's, that's a really good storytelling. That's really interesting. And so that's, um, that's a really cool moment. But like everyone's jumping in here, and Hellboy's like, "Yeah, Abe I better, I better get in on this."
2: Right? Abe
0: isn't the only one to jump in on Balam. We get right hand of Doom Boom number forty four. So many Doom Booms in this issue. Yeah, right. <laughs> Strode spots Vivara. She's like, "That's her. That's not really a little girl."
1: Immediately, that's not a little girl. She's a monster. And yeah. so, like, uh, Phoenix <laughs> is like, "Oh, hey, you." Uh, you're pretty good though. this. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> like, she brandishes her flame sword and she calls out. In the middle of all this, we see Abe get shot by Von Klemp, too. That's a very realistic looking panel.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: the way that Von Klemp oh, is posed yeah. with the gun and all that kind of stuff. Hellboy sees it, too. And then we get this shot of the Ogre Jihad Oh, it's so scary. I hate it. It's like all this oh, is, is it. too much happening all at once. That
1: freaked me out. That was very scary. And I was like, well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Something's
0: looming. But
1: she's... But what's interesting in the language here is very like, oh, uh, have pity on this little girl. Oh, she's your servant. She, she fell to these horrible right. spirits. And I'm thinking, she doesn't quite have that right. Right. I don't think. And this is going to be bad.
0: <laughs> I always like to talk about all the trivia in what Strode is saying. She mentions the Kandava forest. This is a Sanskrit reference. It is said that Agni, the god of fire, needed to burn down the forest so that he could satisfy his hunger. There was no other thing that would have satisfied it. But each time he put up a fire there, Indra made it rain and the fire was put to a stop. She also mentions Adonai from Hebrew. This is used in place of the Tetragrammaton, Y-H-W-H, as a name of the god of the Hebrews. That's Yahweh. Right. Shamash from Babylonian texts is a solar deity and exercise the power of light over darkness and evil. Belenus is a sun god from Celtic mythology. She also mentions Olorun in the mythology of the Yorba people of West Africa. This is the most powerful and wisest deity. And Yadhe Vodhe is a name of the four Hebrew consonants which make up the name of the Lord. Leave this girl by these names the witch being named and invoked all creatures obey and tremble with fear and terror. And God, what can you say oh, about uh, this reveal? You know, we get Lawrence Campbell doing this version of Vivara with the demon behind her. It's so incredible. I like when all this is going on, Hellboy like
3: sees Von Klimp and he's like, didn't expect to see you.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's right.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Abe got shot again. Yeah. And Hellboy's going after the guy. And then he gets totally distracted and he's, oh, there you are. Yeah. And he just drops the guy like...
0: Right, Goes yeah. after,
1: immediately goes after the demon, but...
0: Yamail. yum
1: Yamail. Yam, this guy. This fucked me up so bad, I had to go back and reread this just because I was just like, I can't believe I just read that. right. Not that I didn't understand what was happening. I understood what was happening. It just <laughs> fucked me up. Where he goes... I was the only thing that was holding her back. I was the only thing holding her back.
0: Right. No, because we get...
1: You've made a huge mistake.
0: Yes. You have
1: fucked up and it's too late. Man.
0: And we get a right-handed doom boom again. Oh, yeah. Number 45. I love that one. I love the motion in there. Yeah. Yeah, but he says, uh, just like Danielle said... I was the
1: only thing holding her back. That's bad news.
0: That's what he says as Strode cuts his head oh, off.
1: Oh, it's not what you want. I mean, I was
0: I was operating under the, the assumption that that was
3: Vivara's true form, and when it, when <sighs> he said that, I was just like, "What the fuck is going on?"
0: Yeah. Right? Because <laughs> Strode was like, "There's a demon in that little girl, and if you can take me to it, I can kill it." And so she totally did. She totally did what she said she was going to do.
1: But the demon was like, "You fucked up." Yeah, I was holding her back this whole time.
0: Yeah, and so Vivara picks up the knife and she like stutters as she starts talking. It's
1: a little act, it's a yeah. little play. She's playing with her food.
0: She winks over at Von Clems. Yeah.
1: Oh oh thank you. Oh for helping me. It's just a little God. She's just she's just playing with her food here.
0: She says, You have cleared the path. And at that moment, Strode uh. she cuts the knife that killed Satan. She goes to strike Vivara for my father. And with a wave of her hand, Vavara totally disintegrates, strode. I mean, come on, Lawrence Campbell, you had to put her bangs in there? Like, I mean, that is gruesome. That's... Like, I love this yeah. character. This is, yeah. And that was is... such a horrible Whoa. end
1: for Shades it. of T2 Judgment Day here. Oh, my this God.
3: Like... Also, notice in that panel, the green starts coming back in.
0: Oh, good job, Aubrey.
1: Yeah. So you've cleared the path for my father and just, like, effortlessly yeah. blows her away with this, like, nuclear blast. And, yeah, the bangs are a bit much. Come on.
0: <laughs> I was like, they have to let us know that she is absolutely, totally dead.
1: Yeah, and so... um that's a, This is a fucked up couple of pages. Yeah,
0: and we get, um, I like this little inset of the red, the mala beads, you know, just all in oh, red. Yeah, That's that a very Mignola shock. panel. Absolutely You is. know what I mean? Like when it says walk, when someone gets yeah. their head cut off or something like that. But
1: Aubrey, that was an, just an absolute phenomenal... Observation. What a great observation that the green comes back there. That is a great catch. That's fantastic. Yeah. Immediately the green comes back.
0: And she waves Hellboy away also with a wave of her hand.
1: Completely effortless.
0: Then you know, child, I wonder if you knew all along, a voice says. It's got a green word bubble there. Uh, But could you understand were it not for what I did? You would never have become what you are. I made you strong. Abe yells no for this.
1: Oh jeez.
0: Son of a bitch.
1: Come on. Son of
0: a bitch, Hellboy says. Come on. Was this spoiled for you that Rasputin comes back? No. No.
3: The the only time I thought that we might be getting Rasputin was uh back during the uh, Return of the Master. Oh yeah. Okay.
0: okay.
3: And it's just like and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, this guy's gonna read Rasputin and then he's swallowed by thing and then the black flame came back and I'm like, yeah, fuck. <laughs> I was not expecting this. I was. I was not expecting. I mean, is Vivara Rasputin's
0: daughter? Is that what
3: we're
1: seeing here? No. Uh, maybe father is like a just kind of like a colloquialism. Right. For so her. Like we're she's getting some, using it as a. Uh,
0: we're getting some new information here that we don't really know yeah. what is. We don't know about any of that. Yeah. I mean, that hasn't been yeah. revealed in the backstory yeah. as of yet. So it's kind of like what the shit. Yeah. I, mean, I
1: don't know if she's calling him that because it's just like a uh, just like a turn of phrase. Maybe, or if that's, like, actually, literally her father. But I was expecting Hecate. Oh. The whole time.
0: Okay. And then when she
1: said that, I was like, what? Because this whole time, when he said... I was the only thing holding her back.
0: Uh. I
1: thought he was talking about Hecate. And I turned the page and she's like, oh, you've paved the way for my father. And I was like, oh, that's not Hecate then? And I turned the page and I'm like, oh, it's Resputin. What? <laughs> uh. And so for, for a story to not be predictable and to keep me on my toes, yeah, this much is so impressive to me. Yeah. And for me to actually give a shit, I'm worked up right now. I'm mm. like, ah, what the fuck's going on? What's going on right now?
3: I turned this page. I didn't know what to expect. You know, like from the moment that we saw the demon form pop up, I was just like, oh, shit, what's going to go down? Yeah. And then it was just like, I was the only thing. I was like, wait, what? Chopping the head? Wait, what's going on? And then I was not expecting this. I was not expecting the return of Rasputin. It's interesting because I guess that's where it all started. Part of his soul—I mean, we okay—we know that part of his soul was kind of, was in that acorn around, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. That the last, then, yeah. That was the last—that was the last piece of him. Yeah. And then she—and then she was going to blow it into the goat, but it, didn't somebody whack her hand or something?
0: The little guy, Koku, he, he said, like, no. he said, "No, you're you're not going to yeah. use that guy." And he so threw I've... the acorn, and the acorn fell into fire.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and so I mean it was, and so I was just like, okay, so that's probably the end of Rasputin, or I don't know. So I was not expecting – I was just not expecting to see Rasputin right now. Yeah. I mean, it, it, but it, it just is, it just made me really enjoy because this is like one of those moments, or you know, every moment. But this is one of those moments where I got to the end, and I was just like, I cannot believe I have to fucking stop right here. <laughs> I know. I was just like, holy shit, I want to I want to read it, and like, I guess part of me knows that the next trade is the last. And so, part of me wants to get to the end, but I don't want to rush it. Yeah. I, really, I was really because yeah.
1: uh, you just mentioned like we had all the, uh, the those watercolors pages that were so. I mean, that those were really prominently oh, yeah. like this is a hey stop and pay attention to this right. now. Yeah. And that's then I you know like the green word bubble. Oh yeah, and the, this has been built up <laughs> since the very beginning of the oh, thing. Man, I love this it. has been built up for so long of like oh but, I mean, Hellboy! don't forget i'm gonna be there at the very end and then they're like oh it's ragnarok time and everyone's like what's gonna happen at the end it's the end now yeah, and i'm like it's gonna uh, be hecate right and then she says my father i was like everything else was pointing to that is i was uh, like I so it. expecting that and then i was like father what rasputin but, uh, what the shit
3: well we, we still got a whole nother traits worth of stuff so know, she's still know, got I time just, to pop up but um, this is scary
1: though because what's rasputin gonna do because that's scary that scares me but I mean, it's just this is, this, is just the,
3: this just seems to be the testament of just the really good storytelling that this uh, Manola verse is bringing to yeah. to the world. I mean, it's just like oh,
1: absolutely,
0: yeah. Oh
3: my god, I just like I, I'm so excited to read the Twists next thing. And turns
0: and <laughs> well, and he's a giant. Yeah, it's going to be He's humongous. Like, what is this? Yeah. (laughs) When I saw this, I was like, wait a minute. What the fuck? He's like... He's a big, super scary
1: ghost man.
0: He's like Hellboy when Hellboy, at the end of Hellboy and Hell.
1: Well, he's like a force of nature. I didn't really think of him as even being corporeal. I kind of uh, saw this as like, you know, sometimes Hecate was humongous. Okay. But it's yeah. just like, I don't know if that's just like how people are perceiving her. Yeah, yeah. Because she can kind of be a weird... I, he's like a weird spirit ghost man.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I was, I'd was. i love to get your reactions there. I was also totally surprised. I did not see this coming. I thought that we had seen the end of Rasputin. I do want to talk about the sketchbook a little bit. We get some notes by Katie O'Brien. Um, Sebastian Fermara, remember he did the first three issues. Those are the ones that we covered with Ross. I
1: love these Liz sketches.
0: Yeah. Remember Ross talked about him being specific. I th- I wonder if this yeah. is what he meant by that.
1: You want you do want if you're going to have an artist draw an entire book for you, you're going to want someone who can be consistent and draw that character looking like the same character the whole yeah, way through. I think I that's like that. any artist is going to be able to do that. Any artist for themselves. So like that's what you're looking for when you're hiring an artist. But I mean, I just love the dynamic way in which these sketches are yeah. written. Like it's very you know it's not just like
0: yeah. Well, check out these Howard's yeah. ones on the next page. Uh, those are really incredible. Yeah, these are amazing. I love looking at these. Vivara, Ashley Stroh, Jeroko. Yeah, they're, they're great. We also get some great layouts. I love seeing like what the issue was going to look like. Remember how Roger and Hellboy shake hands? Well, Fumara was going to pick that up and have them shaking hands at the top of his panel. Mm. But that's not how it laid out. You know, Eventually, they went with this one that looks like four. Yeah in the corner but I thought that was really cool that would have been neat to kind of carry that over a bridge between the art styles um yeah and I love the page process here with the inks we talked about how the brothers collaborate on these so maybe this is what we're seeing here
1: the inks look so different yeah from the sketches
0: yeah you do see like it looks like Liz's facial expression kind of changes too on this bottom panel that's interesting we get the roughs from Lawrence Campbell mapping out that giant crash down of the helicarrier. I love seeing this too. You can see that he had different versions of it, and then over to the final one. And some great covers here, um, some concept covers that we didn't get. I I love seeing these. Like I love the ones that didn't actually make it. You know, I love seeing that kind of stuff. I would love to own an original piece of art of like something like this. You know, just like a sketch or something. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, I do want to talk about this issue. That had, remember it had Von Clem Vivara on the cover. So there was a version where it was going to be like a freak show kind of setting. I would have loved to have seen that cover. Where it has like also the demons there too. Yeah, That would have yeah. been a cool cover. I like that. To top this off at the end, we get the actual pencils yeah. for Mignola's uh, three pages that he did in Pandemonium issue one. These are incredible to look at. All the leaves and everything. God. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. Awesome. All right, gang. That was a great episode. I love the discussion. I love getting all your reactions for all these things. And uh, these next two episodes are going to be incredible. I can't wait to get to it. And I can't wait to listen to all the feedback from all of our great listeners. Keep sending in those intros. And make sure to check out the Buff Raffle on Mike Mignola's art. And now Aubrey's going to say all the things.
3: Holy shit. I want to know who saw that coming. (laughs) Send us a hey damn guys at hellboybookclub at gmail.com follow us on facebook at hellboy book club podcast and on instagram and twitter at hellboy book club you can also find all of our resources on our facebook about section and our podbean website and our link tree on our instagram and twitter as always a special thank you to paul from garter for the wonderful theme music thank you thank you mark for helping torture us each week with this reading order where i can't go any further you're you're a fucking genius thank you mark Uh, Thank you, John, for, uh, you know, just being John. And thank you, Danielle, for being pretty awesome. Ah. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate all of you. You can find our podcast on pod apple podcasts spotify stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts from also be sure to check out the buff raffle over there on mike mignola's art there's a lot of great prizes but everything goes to a worthy cause and so you know you can donate as much or as little as you want but just remember you know it's all about the charity and the prizes are extra next week we are reading the bprd the devil you know ragnarok one through three so you know what to do left him trades i know the omni's not out yet but maybe it's already out with the time you're listening to it the <laughs> digitals the back issues follow us along at the hellboy book club podcast
0: thanks for listening everybody i'm john salinas
1: i'm witch finder i'm daniel
3: and i'm Aubrey love saying we need hellboy yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you need hellboy like saying that to someone like you need jesus Yeah.
2: <laughs>